Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Are you ready? Hey, everybody. Hey, folks. Hello, everybody. People in the back! Welcome, everybody! Welcome to the Inner Loop. Welcome, everybody! Welcome to the Inner Loop. Without further ado. Without further ado. Okay, so without further ado, we're gonna get started. We should get started. We're yeah. rambling. I'm rambling. We're, we're gonna get started. <laughs> Welcome to the Interloop Radio, broadcasting live on full service radio from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Rachel Coons. And I'm Courtney Sexton. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream from. And for all of our loyal listeners out there, don't forget to leave us a review telling the world how much you love us. And for any new listeners out there, here on the Interloop Radio, we delve into all things creative writing. Whether that be inspiration or craft, what makes a great ghost story, or how to construct the perfect sonnet. Or just how we all sit down each day in front of an empty page. We play clips of local writers reading their work at our monthly reading series, and we invite a few of those writers and other amazing community writers to join our discussion. (laughs) And before we get to today's show, we have to tell you about our winter fundraising gala. Gala time. <laughs> uh, this is going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Fancy schmancy. Fancy schmancy. December 6th, 7 p.m. at the Museum. Yay. Um, we're going to have readings from the amazing Alice McDermott, an up and coming local author, Alice Sandosharaj, and the DC Youth Poet Laureate, Gabriella Orozco, which As we're well. super pumped about. Yeah. I know. We're so pumped about our lineup, and we'll be enjoying sweeping views of the DC city skyline. We'll Game puck hors d'oeuvres and of course drinking we always encourage imbibing for those of you who like to imbibe like us it's not required no you can come and listen to lit uh <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget um we've been really really lucky to have some amazing local community sponsors we have silent auctions from uh organizations like the moth barrel house shakespeare theater company woodlawn 930 club and so, so many, many more many, i mean the more. list goes on we feel we're feeling the love around here so get your tickets asap from our website our facebook page or directly on givelively.org and now that that's out of the way for today's show we want to discuss art as inspiration and by art i think it can mean anything from a painting or a sculpture to music to film to dance and even other writers Art has been inspiring other art for centuries, but what's the value in it? This is one of my favorite topics. I oh. tied. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel was writing this episode, and I was like, "Ooh, so jealous!" I want to see what she comes up with, um, because the conversation between artistic disciplines—we can call them that—or fields or subgenres, whatever—is um, 
is something that is just so fascinating to me, be it the, the, the field itself or individual artists, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we see these back and forth, you know, like literary wars or famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like literary, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, or, you know, like famous pairs of artists who, who, are, who are both romantically or personally involved mm-hmm. and then also working together. And I'm like, how do you do that? But also I can imagine the passion and the productivity. Mm-hmm. Or um, groups of authors who yes. all feed off each other and create sort of a unifying voice. Right. This idea of kind of a collective um, that we see in, and sometimes that, that crosses genres as well. I, I Absolutely. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. What happens when you use art as inspiration for writing? What's happening there? So I actually used to do, make myself do this exercise a lot. Mm. Um, I would go and sit in a gallery, a different gallery, um, a different week, each week, a different gallery mm-hmm. in the same museum. Um, and I think part of it is you, as an artist yourself, you're kind of looking at things on different layers, right? So you're tuning into intention, um, uh, process, and then reception. Those are kind of like the three layers that I think about it when I look at a piece initially or I'm engaging with a, a collection. You're thinking um, about the artist's intention? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that, as it, as it, like from, if I'm trying to be inspired as an artist, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about their intention, what their process may have been So like. you're like looking at it from a critical point of view. You're sort of like the way that we, when we're teaching writing, we look at writing and right. we see what are they doing? Why are they doing it? What does it create? So you do that for another piece of art yeah, uh, from another discipline. Right. But at the same time, I kind of let the feelings flow in. Yeah, that's kind of what I experience. I think I'm like, what... Um, I, in thinking about this topic, I was thinking when you experience a piece of art, you're actually having a sensory experience. Whereas mm-hmm. when you are reading something you're imagining a sensory experience Mm -hmm. and so I think you know anytime you interact with a piece of art or come into contact with a piece of art like visually or auditorily any piece of art you have your own sort of internal experience Mm -hmm. of it it Mm -hmm. creates an experience inside of you that is unique to you and then writing about that. We like, to, like, we, we like to think that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, yes. Well, you bring your own background, yes. your own memories, your own no, 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 you're like, emotions. You, you. <laughs> um, and it triggers, you know, yeah. something very personal to you. So I think that when you take a piece of art and then you write from it, mm-hmm. you're sort of bringing the, all of that baggage, if you will, totally. to the experience of that piece of art. And then it creates this dialogue, this conversation. Exactly. And you impose that onto the other piece or the other work or even the other artist sometimes. So oh, absolutely. Can you even <clears throat> look at a piece of art without imposing your own sort of life and experience and thoughts and values? I wonder. I, that is a that is a conversation that people have. Like Courtney's like, I'm not going to comment. <laughs> um, but no, that's that's valid. Uh, but I think it is a really good exercise that we sometimes forget is is very um, easy. Yeah. To do. And here's like the most interesting part. If you think about it, it's almost like a collaboration mm-hmm. with you and this artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not participating, but you, I mean, well, but they, they are, sort, right? sort of By are displaying their work they, through this art, that's part, that's article, part of, yeah. artifact. Um, so you can go back and collaborate with any artist you want. Right? If you have access. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> if we live in the but age yes. of the internet. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the special things about it is it makes you, um, even if it's a topic that you're eight, well, on two sides, I guess, if it's a topic that you're intimately familiar with, it gives you a whole new perspective on it. And that's Absolutely. always useful. Or it exposes you to something that you're not familiar with at all, which takes then you triggers. Yeah, zone. it's going to trigger all mm-hmm. these other kind of... It's like we've talked about with traveling, right? It's that same thing. It's that effect of the unfamiliar mm-hmm. um, that automatically gets these sort of creative synapses. And it not only changes your perspective from like a personhood no, yeah. perspective, but it also changes your perspective from like an artistic perspective. Mm-hmm. Like this is how a visual artist... Uh, gets across this emotion mm-hmm. and how would I as a writer get Articulate this that. emotion across and it sort of makes you look at your own art differently mm-hmm. to look at other forms of art yeah so let's bring in our Absolutely. resident expert we, uh, <laughs> we're kind of just like waxing poetic yeah. as we do um, I feel like we should bring somebody in who actually knows what yeah. they're talking about um, our guest is a local expert on art happenings um and other very cool things and a writer herself as well but first we want to share a poem with you in honor of halloween which was yesterday and the day of the dead which lasts until tomorrow have a listen to peg alford purcell reading from her book entitled show her a flower a bird a shadow this is called day of the dead when i was a child day of the dead meant sugar skulls staying up past midnight marigolds burning copal blazing votives. I didn't recognize any of the faces in the photographs on the altar. Now I have my own dead, and no sweet bread, hot wax, or tequila to lure them, no fancy papo picado. The dead come anyway, in fragments, perforated memories. My grandmother wearing a man's fedora, the secret greeting card folded into her dress pocket. My grandfather, who burned basura in his basement fireplace, sending obscene odors throughout the neighborhood, whose last act was to eat a bowl of strawberry ice cream in the middle of the night. The boy I smoked pot with behind the brick chimney in the attic of his parents' home, wrapped together in his sleeping bag. He confessed he had no plan for after graduation and laughed and he never needed the plan. The stillborn girl, who looked like a baby bird with bulging eyes, curled in a nest under the acacia. The man I'd once thought was the one who wasn't, and whom I couldn't live with once I understood that, who on a tear of amphetamines put a gun to his head. The dead. I want a belly of bravery. I want to know the kindness sent out of the cage of the heart. An eye that never becomes insensate to the invisible spectrum. An ear that never dulls to the song of the pulse. The night grows long until it's short and the sweetened tongue kisses the breath and the breath is the breath is the breath.
Welcome back to the Interloop Radio. We've been discussing art as inspiration, and joining us on the show to give us her take is artist, writer, community organizer, and overall badass, Philippa Hughes. Welcome, Philippa. Hey. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm very excited. I'm I, so excited we're to very have excited. you here. Okay, I just have to jump in. You because... weren't excited at first, were you? <laughs> <laughs> I used to get up all night. Um, no, when you all were talking about art as inspiration earlier, I had to withhold myself from jumping in. I, I know. Like, I, can, oh I, can, I, can, I can. Yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> Now's your chance. I was like, like breaking no. thoughts. <laughs> I was like, she is biting at the bit over here. Tell us. Talk to us. Well, okay. This is what I, I've been thinking about because um, I'm working on all these projects as, yes. I, as I do like <laughs> um, I mean the big one that I'm working on is called looking for America and in that project I organize or I curate an art show in cities across the country and then we invite 50 people from across the pol- political spectrum to experience the art mm-hmm. and talk to artists and then have a conversation that is very difficult to have <laughs> um, and the art is a jumping off point right. for those conversations I mean You know, whether you call it inspiration, you know, whatever. Um, But it's, I think it works. It's Um, like we've had this immediate common experience. It's a common experience. Mm -hmm. Also, the art gives you, like, presents different ideas. Mm -hmm. It gives different perspectives so that you're like, oh, I never thought of it that Mm -hmm. way. And it's just been incredible. But one thing that I really, really was chomping at the bit to tell you about (laughs) is that um, a few months ago, I met this amazing woman named Elif. And she um, does all this research on how you design museums to create more empathy between Mm, people. mm. And the theory is that when a person feels a sense of awe and wonder Mm -hmm. in the world, they become more um, curious about other humans, and then that leads to more empathy. Mm -hmm. And you can experience awe and wonder in many ways, like a beautiful sunset, nature. Um, But art is a way that can definitely inspire awe and wonder. Hmm. And like, it just like blew my mind. Like it was a thing I think we kind of know based on our, just what yeah, you all said yeah, earlier. Yeah. Like we know that inherently. Right. But when she said it, I was like, there's science behind this? Yes. Art and science is combined. It just felt like it validated everything mm-hmm. I've ever tried to do, but didn't know why I was doing mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, you, I mean, you have to totally meet her. She should be on the show, honestly. <laughs> like, it just, she's amazing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Is there also, uh, is, does the, the mechanism work the same way where when you experience that, you not only are more open and curious, but you want to share it? Hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, wonder. I think that that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think that is true. It's just, uh, that's not exactly not part of her. Of yeah. 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 But that is, that's a really interesting question um, because empathy is not just about, uh, listening and whatever. No, I mean, you have to also it's a, give. It's right, a share. Exactly. It's a, it's a collaboration, kind of yeah. like what you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. It, it only works when we're both doing, doing that, it. when we're both giving and taking. Yes. So you have the unique perspective of someone who does both visual art and writing. What would you say is the difference between those two crafts? Like, what does one allow that the other one doesn't, and vice versa? Well, okay, so that's another place where I was like, I've got to like get in on this conversation because <laughs> we were talking about that a little bit earlier, yeah. and. Yeah, I mean, as you know, um, I, I don't actually make any visual art, um, but mm-hmm. you know that is sort of my wheelhouse in terms of like curating. But you curate, like yep. yeah, mm-hmm. And so, and so, you know, I I believe love... that curating is a form of making art. So uh, we could, okay, but... I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, 
Um, but I, I, I guess, you know, my wheelhouse has sort of been contemporary visual art, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know I love contemporary visual art. Yes. My house is filled with it. That's, you know, I'm always at the art shows. But I have to admit, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not pulling away from it, but I do think a lot about, like, how do we have more active experiences with art rather than passive ones? Yes. Which, when you're looking at art, like mm-hmm. 2D art on the wall, like, that's a passive experience. Right. It can be very powerful, but I'm more interested in terms of the work that I'm doing right now mm-hmm. in an experience. Oh, oh, we're having a, a, a fire drill. <laughs> That's that fire drill in the background. Yeah, the, it's the our, building is burning down and we're just going to keep going with this podcast. It's our performance art. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. No, actually, it's not actually burning down. The line is fine. We're good. Um, anyway, I'm just really interested in experiences because I think experiences can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of the other project that I'm working on right this second is um, I created a... Well, oh, did I tell you that I've been calling myself a social sculptor? I noticed that in your latest tagline. I did see like, that when I was um, putting your bio We together. have talked about this before, what it, what like, what like what a title is or what it can mm-hmm. do. But I want to hear what this means yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Well, it does relate to the project in the sense that... Um, so, Joseph Boyce in art, yes. art, like kind of a, well, he called himself a, a social sculptor. He was an artist like in the 60s, 70s. And the basic idea around it is that he would sculpt spaces for social interaction. Oh, wow. <laughs> there it is. I feel like it, that is punctuating. I know. Like, oh, I know. Tell us more. There's so lights so flashing. In, yes. This is so going. apropos. <laughs> <laughs> So social sculpting. Okay, shake it off. Shake it off, shake it off. All right, go ahead. Um, Well, okay, social sculpting is essentially when you create, sculpt a space Uh for social interaction to take place. Okay. And the art is not complete until those interactions happen. happen. Uh, And so currently um, uh, I I, I created a booth at the Superfine Art Fair in which... um, Going on now at Doc5. Everyone should head over. There's Mm -hmm. some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Sorry, plug. <laughs> plug it up. It, it, I mean, there's some really great stuff. I've actually already bought two pieces. Of <laughs> That's um, so we created a booth that, in which we, we call it, hey, we need to talk. And mm-hmm. the idea is to be conversation consultants. And people can come and get a, a consultation on how to have better conversations. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun because, you know, people are, like, confused about whether this is art. They keep saying, is, is this, this an art? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I just keep going, playing character, like, no, we're here to help you have better conversations. <laughs> and we have, like, you know, these guidelines. And we're like, oh, I've done all this research. I feel like this project is so fitting for our times. Though. Oh, totally. Like, we're yeah. all talking about how partisan everything is becoming, how divided 100%. we are. Nobody get people just blacklist each other for having different opinions. I When I saw the post on Instagram, I was like, this this is perfect. This is just what we all need. It's little, it, it is, that is the inspiration. I mean, my, I do care mostly about political conversations right now, right. but you know, we do have difficult conversations in many parts of our lives. That's true. Well, that, and also trying to parse out this idea that we're all stuck on of like, what is organic versus mm-hmm. what does it mean to always be intentional about things and really trying to, I don't know, figure that out yeah <laughs> what do you how do you think this is different from from performance art or I, is it or writing it, it is different okay yeah. oh, oh, oh we have yeah, to get back that's to that how we got there. <laughs> okay. yes we could talk for like i know three hours. i know <laughs> um, so this interesting guy um at, who's also at the art fair who has a booth came by and he was telling us like you he 
he said our booth was the most interesting thing at the art fair. Just saying. Um, because it's not performance art. Okay. It is this other thing that we could not figure out how to name. Mm. Um, so I suggested to him, how about a social sculpture? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But we don't, yeah, I don't know I what to that. call it mm-hmm. because it's not performance art. Okay. But it is, and it's not obviously, you know, true visual art. Right. I mean, there's something in between there that mm. we can't quite figure out. We were talking about the situationalists and how mm. it's like in this different space of between capitalism and something else. You know, I don't, you know, I don't, there's, there's so many possibilities. And I think what we have to do is like pull in the definitions from different places from, yeah. and then figure out this new thing. Yeah, I love that. But I don't know what to call I it. I love being open-minded about what is it? It feels arty. It feels like something. Mm-hmm. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. We don't. It doesn't have to fit into it a category. Ha- it doesn't fit in anywhere, which is sort of why I love it. Yeah. But actually, getting back to your actual question <laughs> about literature, <laughs> because I was thinking about, um, I mean, you kind of, you are, I mean, you kind of said it, but like, you know, you have to imagine the experiences rather right. than like seeing it or mm-hmm. being told what it is. But also, it is a great empathy builder. Like, it lets mm-hmm. you into yes. different worlds. Like, there, there is science behind, like, this idea that the more people read, the more empathetic they are because right. they're seeing other people's stories yeah. and they, they, that they would not normally have an experience of. And we're such a narrative-driven species. Stories are <laughs> yeah. at our core. Oh, one more thing on stories, too. <laughs> I've... Can we just keep talking? Yes. <laughs> Give it um, to us. Because with my that national project I was telling you yes. about, Looking for America, after people experience art, then we begin dinner with people. What, so we've asked people to bring in objects uh-huh. that represent their connection to their community. Mm-hmm. And then everybody has a chance to tell their story about what this object means. And so the storytelling mm-hmm. gives people an opportunity not only to tell their own story, but for others to hear sure. things that they would not normally hear. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's one of the most powerful pieces of, that's what creates the conversation, uh, the, the, it sets the stage for the conversations Absolutely. so that we can have difficult conversations. That's I love that. Great. I love you, you there's an object. Yeah, there's an object there and then you write from it. So it's exactly what we're talking about, mm-hmm. being inspired by something. But then you add this other layer of, layer of conversation mm-hmm. and that's the perfect segue for what I we're know. about to do. I, know. I, know. I, was like, I was like, thanks that for well. setting us up. <laughs> <laughs> so Philippa has been kind enough to agree to join us for our live exercise segment, which we often do in the C Block. And so we are going to write from a piece of art, and Philippa, as the expert on art, has brought in two objects for us to write about, and we have something for Wait, Philippa. Yeah, we, we to brought write about. you something as well. So, what did you bring for us? Do you have oh, it handy? Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Hold, oh, keep go, talking while go I ahead. grab it. Go on. Go on. Go right ahead. We wanted to keep it a secret so that Courtney and I could have that yeah. initial reaction before we write on it. Do, should I tell you what they are? Yeah, or you just sure. Observe yeah. them. Okay. We need to tell the listeners. Yeah, the yeah. listeners oh, yeah. need some kind of idea. <laughs> but we you know, will post like, pictures on Instagram pictures, right? later. Okay. Yes. 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 All right. The first object, um, I was in an artist's studio, and I saw these little gold things that looked like boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like a I was like, and is that a temple? Also a boob? Yeah. Oh, well, very yeah, Exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, because, um, he had just gone to Bhutan, oh. and in front of every temple... Oh are these little... Boop temples. Boop temples. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Yeah. And there are just hundreds of them. And wow. so they gave, he they were given to him. Oh. So he had dozens of them. And I'm like, 
can I have one? <laughs> so, I um, love this image of like all these little boob temples yeah, on a yeah. table, like crowding around. Yeah. Love it. So, um, so that's what that is. So it is temple like for, so that's for so Courtney. That's for Courtney. A golden boob temple. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good about that. Okay. And then I, I don't, I, maybe I, I just, I don't know why I had this in my mind, but, um, okay. So this is a, a little package of tiger balm. Mm. Um, every Asian family, like, will recognize this <laughs> because um, all Asian mothers think that Tiger Balm will fix all everything. of your, everything. Oh, it's it a will, cure-all. It's yeah. a cure. It's literally the, anything. So you said you had a little cold earlier, Courtney. Did, you may want to, yeah, it's, I don't know how to actually apply it, but. It's a salve, right? Yeah, but I yeah. don't know, you know. Like for, for yeah. cold. Where, it's on like, your chest. Yeah. Where, where do you put nose, it, you know. Right? I don't know, it's like <laughs> acupuncture where you have oh, to like, you know. The pressure point? Yeah, okay, okay. But what's cool about this for me too is that my friend Victoria Milko, do you, I think, do you know her? Um, anyway, she lives in Burma now and she was visiting and she gave this to me on her last visit Aww. and I, I almost started crying because I'm like, oh, every, meaningful every, to you. Yeah, every yeah. Asian, not just the, yeah, like not just every Asian mother will Love use it. this. <laughs> uh, so actually you're a mother. I was going to say, this so is the this perfect is for object you. for me. <laughs> and we have something for you. I was going to bring in a little sculpture thing that I have at home, but I didn't bring it but something better happened on the way here i was walking from the metro and i saw this gorgeous sculpture on the street on columbia avenue so i took a picture for philippa Mm -hmm. and i think it's apropos because it's just it's dc it's art it's philippa (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh we need to keep looking at that picture yeah, yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna hand it over to you um but for right now we're gonna go ahead and go to break and while we are writing our listeners um will be listening to listening to pieces from local authors that were inspired by art just like what we're doing and then after that we'll be back with the results of our live exercise so stay tuned We'll get started. We're officially getting started. I'm not teasing you this time. Okay, these really are oh, these really are nice. Um, and and summary and um, they're they I'm just going to read one of them. I think because. Yeah, only one of them. And it's about a painting, a painting you could see in the, um, in the Smithsonian, the, art, the American Art Museum. And it's um, Joan Mitchell, and her painting is called in French, Grand Valley 13. Bluer in summer than the doves, low calls among the trees. Evening light blurs and distorts your vision, as if through shed tears or antique, wavery, cobalt glass. The valley dreams itself, lucid and unwakeable, the moon's white eye taped shut. Unregarded, you can walk for hours without speaking, unaccounted for. I carry my landscape with me, 
a selected, slim enough to fit in a handbag. How not to love the remembered lake, replete with loneliness, restive with secrets and shifting light. In the valley, you can wander for hours alone, meeting no one, singing to yourself, unheard, dropping petals in the stream to watch them float away. Turtles bask on flat stones, gold throats exposed to the sun. Trout glimmer beneath the surface, translucent fins waving, barely disturbing the pool's reflection. Shadow splotched with coreopsis, hawkbit, devil's paintbrush. Time caught like a twig in an eddy, night not yet come down. Thank you very much. I think of Neruda as I sort through a hundred tiny elephants collected for decades by my grandmother and left to me after she died. I reel back the associative thread and find, yes, it is the notion of abandoned objects that has me remembering that house in southern Chile. Because what's left is granted a different emotional texture after the leaving, the mystery of those objects made beautiful by the impossibility of resolution. Inside every elephant, a hollow space cradles the echoes of the curious. As a child, constructing the ba basic fabric of a grandmother's identity in one or two visits a year, her congregation of ele elephants struck me as emblematic, an image as inextricably bound to those early associations of her apartment in Yonkers as the scent of fallen mulberries baking in summer heat or stockings slung damp over the bathroom towel rack or the matte touch of her Christmas ornaments from the 40s, little frosted glass angels that seemed carved from new ice. She displayed the elephants in a squat console curio visible from the front door, topped with a melange of family photos and greeting cards from the most recent holiday. The herd as a whole seemed rich with metaphor, elephant as unforgetting, elephant as memento, creatures both remembered and remembering. I would ask her where they came from. I would ask for their stories. Oh, how could I remember, she would say. People just gave them to me. What people, I would ask. Oh, just people, you know. I would ask why elephants, and she would shrug. Everyone has to collect something. The persisting ambiguity of her collection leans against the exacting precision of Neruda's southernmost home, museum-like even during his lifetime. Still, I have questions for both of them that can never be answered. It is the work of humans to imbue objects with meaning. If these figurines carried meaning in their small, bulbous elephant bodies, all that is left is the corpus of that meaning, suggestion to something more and untouchable. All I can know for certain is the paisley swirls on their sides, or long protruding tusks, or kind, cartoonish eyes. It's the implied age and accidents of cracked trunks, or web-like crazing on their glaze, or chipped ears, or missing legs. She never purchased the elephants for herself, each one then, a relationship, an event, an undisclosed narrative. The curl of each serpentine trunk punctuates questions they pose and pose again, getting no response. Courtney. <laughs> uh, you have to read, <laughs> you need to read that. What? Oh. Because Philippa still has my laptop. I was sorry. I was I was waiting so for our is, music. I was totally like thrown off yeah. and in the zone. 
That's good. That was the purpose. Welcome back to the Interloop Radio, <laughs> broadcasting live at the Line Hotel, where the fire alarm system is working uh, in Washington, D.C. <laughs> that was Jennifer Atkinson reading Landscape with Translucent Moons, and another Jennifer, Jennifer Clements, reading her essay entitled Figureheads, published in the Sierra Nevada Review, and winner of the inaugural Ryan Turner Literary Award for Creative Nonfiction. And now to the results of our live exercise, in Ooh. which everyone's so engrossed. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> While you were all listening to the Jennifers, we were busy scribbling away at our pieces of art. Literally scribbling there a lot. Of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should see my notebook. So who wants to go first? <clears throat> Not I. Not I? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> just to break the ice because I don't want to put Philip on the spot um, so I had the little what is what is a six-sided thing called I couldn't think of the tiger word bomb. tiger bomb and the packaging is so cool it is, really cool. So it I is thought, so this cool is I don't think I did it justice yeah. but it's a little six-sided box and I loved it but here's what I it was also weird listening to the poems I said this last time but trying to listen listen to poems and write at the same time and I feel like my voice changed with the change of the Jennifers <laughs> so here we go Sprinting stripes encircled by a circle encircled by an army of circles. Tiger balm, the cure-all, the nurturer, the curer, the little kiss from a mother to her daughter's boo-boo. That little magical kiss that has no objective curative properties but holds the secrets of a daughter's physiology, a mother's love. The puckered point of all of creation, from mother to daughter to boo-boo. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. I'm leaving. No, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I'm cheating. I'm like trying to finish this. I'm just time. grateful for any like any moment that I have um, to write about motherhood because it's so perplexing and inarticulable. In, inarticulable. <laughs> Can't even say the word. That's how hard it is to articulate um so yeah i'm always appreciative of any little moment that Mm -hmm. i can write a little something about motherhood even if it's one sentence so so thank you (laughs) well it's funny because like i want to i take every opportunity to write about having better conversations Mm. so of course that's what i that's the direction i took even though i don't know nice (laughs) i love that what what you showed me was not necessarily in that vein (laughs) Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Oh, oh, I no, feel you like want to keep writing. No. Cheating, Courtney. I feel like you set it up, Philippa. Let's hear, let's hear what you came up with. I mean, it's just a few it. I mean, that was so good. <laughs> she always does this to me. She like does these on-the-spot things, and I'm like, well, that was crap. Yeah. I don't even know what the heck. Whatever. Stop it, you two. Oh, stop. <laughs> okay. Humans yearn to be heard and seen and to tell the story of themselves, to leave evidence that they existed. I've experienced this yearning over and over in the, in the work we've been doing around helping people have better conversations. On the first night of the Superfine Art Fair, we were supposed to be conversation doctors. People told us, told us some intense, deep, dark things. We realized we were not equipped. And then I didn't get to finish because I couldn't think of <laughs> Tell us what your concept was. But then we, because we were these conversation doctors. Yeah. And... But, you know, we're not actually doctors, <laughs> but we, you know, we had lab coats You're on. You're not? <laughs> we were, we're not doctors of any sort. And so we actually, on the second day, switched it to being um, conversation consultants mm-hmm. because that, you know, felt more legitimate to yeah. who we actually were, our, our, our capabilities, you know, even... I would even say that's like 
pretty valid. And, well, and yeah, it actually almost gets a little bit too close to the truth. Yeah. But I was worried about people telling us things that mm. like they probably actually should go see a real therapist for. You know, like <laughs> I don't want to actually hurt anybody yes. by not being able to like engage with them. Did the everyone way that sign they need waivers? To no. <laughs> <laughs> but they gave us their email She's addresses. Like, Oops. So, yeah. <laughs> so that counts. Yeah, that, yeah. That's really yeah. funny though because I feel like it's like a little valve, you know, if you have a lot of stuff on the inside and then yes. you just crack that You're valve. given the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, then it just sort of like explodes out and you're like, oops, I wasn't even intending to oh, go I mean, that far. <laughs> I, I, that's what I was going to try to get at with this little piece of writing is to say people are just yearning to, they need spaces to, to talk, talk and yeah. to like engage. And I feel like the, the two people who were really sharing some deep things, some mm-hmm. dark things were men and I don't want to make a broad sweeping yeah, generalization yeah. based on two men um, but, <laughs> but I will but I will your data but, sample is a yeah, little it's, it's pretty small but you know like women are do have a lot of outlets a lot of valves to to let off that kind of stuff yeah and men often don't in our society and so it is interesting that the two instances where I was like we need to like change this up mm-hmm. <laughs> or it was because of two men but anyway I love it mm-hmm. Courtney yeah, no, I mean, I just, I think about that a lot, too, in terms of these... Courtney, these, stop talking, um, read your piece. These need, needing <laughs> spaces to talk, because mm-hmm. we, we talk via text all the time, and yes. that's different. It's so yes. true in yes. this day and age. Again, anyway. very apropos. Okay, so my object, just to remind you all, was the boob temple that sits in front of <laughs> big temples. That's <laughs> uh, My body as a temple is an analogy that I never quite understood. Uh... I can't read because there's so many scribbles. But I never quite understood this holy shrine, mine. Was it meant to be inhabited by an other to pray? And if so, what deity was I built for? No, I think I would rather not be an object of or for worship. Instead, content in my biology, breaking down with and around me. I love that. What deity was I built for? I love that line. You need to. That's really great. Yeah, that's that's a great line. That's right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. What a delight. I want to do this again with y'all. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely come back. Um, So that's our show. Join us in two weeks right here on Full Service Radio or anytime on your favorite podcasting app for more literary fun. To find out more about us or submit to read at our next event, visit us at www.theinnerlooplit.org. And speaking of our next event, we have a couple, but don't forget our gala, 7.30 p.m., <laughs> December 6th, at the museum. It will be likely there. be your last chance to get the exclusive access to the museum since they're closing their doors on December 31st, That's sad right. face. So secure your tickets to our winter fundraising gala on our website or on givelively.org. Today's episode was produced by me, Rachel Kuntz, and our theme music is by Andrew Logan. Thanks again to Philippa Hughes for being on the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, as I said in the beginning, please leave us a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any other streaming site you use. It's easy. Just click on the Interloop Radio (laughs) name in your app. (laughs) Scroll all the way to the bottom and click on five stars. That's right, five. Then you can add a line about us, such as, CNR haven't got a clue what they're talking about, but they're hilarious, and there's something to be said for that. Or, CNR think they're funny, but really they're a cup of sobriety that jolts you into a writing frenzy. Or any other super clever one-liner you can come up with, and maybe we'll read your review on the show. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. Please don't miss an episode. (laughs) Happy writing, everyone. (laughs) Right on the woods.